Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Eileen Troberman, an Alexander Technique teacher in Encinitas, California, not too far from San Diego. And Eileen and I were both long-term students of the late Marjorie Barstow, and this is our second interview about her teaching. We're going to... Um, talk a little more than we did in the first interview about Marge's uh, training training us uh, students to be able to observe ourselves and others. We're going to talk about um, something else. I forget what the second thing is. Do you remember, Eileen? Maybe you don't. Uh <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about something else, and then we're going to veer into some somewhat controversial territory. So, Eileen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. It's a Good pleasure. To to, it's a pleasure talking to you once again. So, in our last interview, you touched upon the fact that one of the aspects of working with Marge is that you got some pretty good training in how to observe quality of movement, both in yourself and in others. Uh, would you like to elaborate on that a little bit? I sure would. So we talked in the last interview of uh, Marge's, I can't remember what we called it, her legacy or or her effect on the Alexander world in general. And we were talking about her really being one of the main, if not the starter of group teaching. The person that really enabled us to learn to teach in groups following her example and her training in that. Mm -hmm. And, but we didn't talk about her legacy to her students who worked with her quite a bit and how that might be different in some ways than some other Alexander trainings. Mm -hmm. And one of the major uh, unusual things that we learned from Marge was how to see, how to observe movement and quality of use. So when I say how to observe movement, I don't mean that somebody's raising their left arm and we know that's their left arm. <laughs> We'd already mastered that pretty much. <laughs> but uh, how to observe what quality of use that they have with their head in relation to their neck and back or their head in relation to their whole body, their whole self, mm -hmm. and we learned very subtle changes in that. And mm -hmm. she did quite a bit of training us in that. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, part of that was an outgrowth of the fact that she worked primarily in groups. So you, as a member of the group, had a lot of opportunity to observe her and the person she happened to be directly addressing at any point. Yes, and it wasn't just that she worked in groups, but she trained us to see in an Alexander fashion 
And she did that by by when she was working with somebody and they'd make a little change. She'd say, did you all see that? Now, what did you notice? What did all of you notice? What did each of you see? And she'd ask us what we saw. She would, she demonstrated again. Mm -hmm. So we got to see when someone was just starting to lose their constructive thinking or when someone wasn't doing their constructive thinking or when someone was just starting to activate their constructive thinking. We got to see these moments almost pre-movement. They're not pre-movement because they do show up as movements. But they're, they're these subtle little changes that go with someone's thinking. And she connected it with that person's thinking. So it wasn't just that she would put her hands on somebody and they make this beautiful change and is and then we'd see, oh, they made this nice change. They got wider and longer or whatever. It was more, you know, what did you see that person do at the start of their movement? It's more what you saw someone do with their thinking. Mm-hmm. And that was the amazing thing of her training us to see. And so we learned to see in a way where we're just not just visually noticing something, not just seeing something, but seeing it and sensing in ourselves, sensing that change at the same time that we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. So we learned to kind of do what I call a combination of see-feel. Feel isn't quite the right word, but see-sense. I guess is a better word. So sometimes I use the word see sense because it's it's something you actually visually see, but you sense the difference in your own use also mm-hmm. when watching that person. And she trained us in that repeatedly. Every time she worked with someone, she would say, she'd often ask the person, what do you notice? But she'd ask us, what do you all notice? Mm-hmm. What do you all Right. And of course, those changes that could happen in you, the observer, uh, has been explained by recent neuroscience research into mirror neurons. Yes, what someone else is doing with their use certainly affects their use. And especially if we're doing our constructive thinking, Mm -hmm. we have a much clearer experience of it. We can sense a lot more detail, but it's so it's so visual at the same time. Yeah, just these very yeah. subtle changes. Marge would ask someone a question, and perhaps they just start tightening a little bit or pulling down in their answer, and she'd say, "What did you see? Did you see that?" Mm-hmm. Or it stiffened or something. And we got to see such minute changes in people that was those changes that were connected to their thinking yeah absolutely you know Marge uh, when she got to be uh, mid into her early to mid 90s she had a home health aide who would look after her at home and I don't know whether you remember Cammie uh, I do. Yes. Well, Cammy, <laughs> Cammy was uh, 
one of her favorites and uh, Cammy was someone who really loved Marge and she was there a lot of the time she would often be there for 24-hour shifts in fact and I remember one time after she was working uh, with a small group I think or it might have just been two or three people she wasn't really doing large groups at that point I was talking to Cammie afterwards who would always sit in and uh, and she kept a very watchful eye on Marge for for safety reasons if nothing else and she asked me if it made sense that she felt so much lighter and easier after one of those sessions and I said yes I suppose so I mean it was a little bit of a surprising question because Marge didn't work with her and as far as I know Marge never actually worked with her but Cammie was uh, a smart lady and a keen observer and um, she she that was the question she asked me and I think that's pretty much exactly the same kind of thing you're talking about Yes, and uh, another thing that Marge would do with people that helped us learn to observe more, if someone said they would like to, whatever, work with walking, pick up their instrument, or uh, work with speaking, she'd have them start, she'd have them just start doing that activity just for a moment. And say, well, what did you notice? What did you all notice? Mm -hmm. And then she'd help them with their thinking. And she'd help them a bit with her hands. She did less and less with her hands as time went on. Right. She did more just really waking up that person's thinking, getting their attention and getting them to wake up their conscious directions, their constructive thinking. Mm -hmm. And getting them to notice what what the quality was of that, whether they were stiffening when their attention went somewhere else, whether they were engaging in their thinking, and getting those who watched to notice that. Right, right. So we really had the same, we had this, in a way, very similar lesson to the person that was being worked with. Absolutely. And... Um... I found that when I was in her classes, when she was working primarily with other people, I was never bored uh, because there was always some interesting development taking place that I could observe and think about. So that part of the yeah. gen- part of the genius of her of her group work. So and yes, and if you did get a little distracted, you know, you'd hear her say to everyone. Did you see that? What did what did anyone see? And you think, uh oh, no, I was thinking of this. I was off here. My mind was going over here. Thinking about lunch. <laughs> so she really brought you back with that. Yeah. And really just kept kept you yeah. observing yourself and someone else at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I now remember what the second thing we we were gonna talk about is, uh, which is uh, and it's kind of an obvious question in a way, but uh, I know you work uh, with students using Skype or Zoom or other uh, long-distance uh, long methods, as do I. And how would you say that helps us teaching someone using Skype? And I, when, I, when right. I say Skype, I really mean 
Skype. Online. Online, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. yes. Uh, it, it makes all the difference in the world, Yeah. I think. Yeah, say because, a little bit about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because otherwise it's kind of like, you know, how you might... <laughs> Somebody might try and learn Alexander from a book. It's just someone saying words otherwise. Right. But but if you, well, it's not really true. Somebody on the other end, an Alexander teacher, can demonstrate. Mm-hmm. But if you can watch the fine little changes in someone's thinking, the very start of something changing in someone's thinking and how that affects their use, mm-hmm. just at the start of it and say, what did you notice right there? What were you thinking right there? Right. And you can really help someone learn their constructive thinking, learn to give constructive directions that way and catch what they're doing themselves and catch it at the very start of them initiating it. Exactly. Um, and it, it and it really, that has such a powerful effect. It really gives people their own, I don't know if agency is the right word, but it gives them the ability to right from the start to really take charge themselves to watch well what am I thinking what am I telling myself to do what's what effect is that having on me so instead of being lost in feeling and trying to get something right catch them right at the beginning by seeing what they're doing when the moment they start to go off into stiffening or end gaining with their thinking you can see it in the slightest change of muscle tone mm-hmm. system. You can see it in the slightest change of direction. Even before they make a very noticeable movement, it's very it's very visible. Change in eye muscles, all kinds of subtle things that we were so used to seeing watching Marge teach. And so it helps so much to know then, oh, okay, so at that point the student lost their thinking just at that and you can catch them at that point so mm-hmm. they don't get yeah. too far past that and they can recognize what they did differently in their directions and their men yeah and and one of the beautiful things about uh, distance learning is that of course you can record the calls and um, I always I record them all the time and I always send the send it to the student and um, for a lot of my students they'll tell me that yeah that lesson was was great but what really cemented it for them was watching it a second or maybe even a third time and some of them will even say there was a little moment there that I went through several times Uh, it took me a little while to get what you were to match up what I was seeing with what you were saying, but um, that's that's an advantage that uh, you could, Marge didn't have when she was working with live groups. That's per, true. I, I don't I don't record them myself. Some of my students do on their own, and that's fine. Um, that's great, but I don't myself. That still works out well to just catch those changes mm-hmm. very quickly in their thinking at the moment their thinking changes because then they recognize it. They know, oh, I know what I was thinking a moment ago. Just that second ago, I can see where my thinking changed. Yep. And That's wow, it. how do you like that? That had quite an effect 
on the use of my body. Mm-hmm. And they start recognizing that effect and also recognizing the effect of their constructive thinking immediately on their body because you can guide them through that in a, in a timing that even hands-on I don't think you can do. And the reason I say that, it's not really true, you can do that hands-on, but a lot of the times hands-on we're behind someone, we're to the side of someone, and you know when you're seeing someone right there facing you, you can see such little changes in their face muscles, their eye muscles, their head in relation to their body. You, you'll see the head in relation to their body and some other changes from the side or the back. Mm-hmm. But you'll even see that moment where their thinking changes just by seeing the slightest change in their eyes and their face muscles the moment that their thinking changes, yeah. either in a constructive way or in a way that's slightly more habitual. Right, yeah. Well, And you really help them get over that, that hump uh, in themselves. And they recognize it and they go, oh, yeah, of course, I was thinking that. And there's the results of thinking that. And when I think my direction's this way, and this is what happens. And they notice the moment they lose that. Yeah. The mo- moment they go from thinking their constructive directions to holding the result. They can catch that moment immediately. Because you can catch it watching them. Absolutely, yeah. But, but it, it, does, it takes a little practice, but you can. And mm-hmm. and your students uh, can learn to uh, catch it by self observation too. They have their own recording of the lesson. Well, this this takes me uh, into our third topic, uh, closely related to the second. And I just want to warn our listeners here that we are now verging into controversial territory, but we're good with that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, it's, it's you know groups were controversial uh, indeed for quite a long time. Yeah, a number of years ago in the early 1980s, groups yeah. were very controversial. Group teaching. Yep. So, so the the current controversy uh, is uh, the big controversy right now is di- is uh, distance learning as uh, lessons over the internet, so to speak. And um, there, there's some pretty strong views on both sides of that. Um, the question that I think we might want to explore is, uh, if Marge, of course, died in 1995, but let's say that we could bring back, bring Marge back for a little while and show her the internet and what was possible. How do you think she would have responded to the prospect of using it to teach somebody? Well, obviously, this is just our speculation here, but I would imagine she would have loved it. Yeah. She was so big at reaching out to the whole world with this and helping as many people as possible. And like you said earlier, with mirror neurons... You can easily, when you demonstrate, when you're doing your own constructive thinking as a teacher, the student actually sees that and gets almost a hands-on experience out of that without realizing it. They mm-hmm. imitate not the change in position, of course, not any change like that, but the actual change 
uh, almost an energetic change, that change in direction. Mm-hmm. That yeah. change towards more ease. They, they imitate that undoing. In, and in that lively way without trying to do it they just automatically get that mm-hmm. and the clearer you can give that example the better and Marge would have just been amazing at that she would have loved it she would have so enjoyed reaching so many people and just being able to work with their thinking like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. she would have devised all kinds of new ways of doing that I think I think she would have and I think she, uh, her general personality was one of if someone proposed some new thing to her, uh, maybe teaching a workshop in a new place that she hadn't before or I don't know, any sort of new idea, she would tend to go for it if it, she, she, as she would so nicely put it, uh, well, I'll just take a gambling chance on that. She, she was very open to new, new things, in general. Yeah. And one Absolutely. of the, and just to go back a second to the group work thing, you know, the first group Alexander lesson was taught in 1895 in, in Melbourne by Mister Mister F M himself. When she writes about, uh, I, I think, I can't remember where, I think it's in his first book. And he describes the situation as someone, someone contacts him and asks him to teach a group of roughly 20 people at a theological college. And he says to the person, well, I've never done that before, but I will, I'm willing to give it a try if you're willing to accept that I'm doing this for the first time, something like that. And then he says a little bit about what he did, and he concludes by saying, and I'm really glad I accepted that challenge. And it's, the reason I bring that up is in the centerline edition of Use of the Self with the introduction by Marge, she describes the invitation she got to teach a group class, I believe, in Texas. And she had never taught a group class before, and she says almost the exact same thing. I've never done it before, but someone someone's asked me, so I thought I would just go down there and see what happens. Yeah, it's that's exactly, exactly her what attitude. she would often say to any, anything that was a new suggestion is, well, let's give it a try and see what happens. She was very let's just, open let's, to new things. Let's, let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so she would just take a chance on it and just to see what happens and observe the results. Exactly. That was sort of built into her DNA, I think. So uh, is there anything else you want to say about uh, observations, distance teaching, Marge and distance teaching uh, speculation? Uh, I don't know there's anything more I want to say, but I I do want to emphasize the uniqueness again of that training that we had with Marge where we really learned to see what someone was doing with their use. Yeah. I watching. 
but very subtle little changes, just the beginning of a change of direction, just the beginning of a tightening, or just the beginning of an undoing of a of an expansion of an inhibition. You've just you saw it. You saw it so instantly in an overall change in them. I mentioned you see it in their face and their eyes, but you see it in their whole system. And I, I'm often, I, I see this all the time, but I'm often so surprised each all the time with this. Although I know it happens, and I just it's part of how I teach online. But even when I'm just seeing oh, someone in the frame where it's just their head and their shoulders in the frame. Mm-hmm. I'll see when they change, you know, maybe they think a certain way about their their knees and you see this change in them. Mm-hmm. You see it, you know, you can see, oh, even if they don't say they did that with their knees, you can see, oh, you just did that. It's so easy to see what someone is doing even when it's not on screen, when you even see any part of them on screen. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating. Sometimes someone will stand up and and they haven't adjusted their camera, so they stand up and you see mainly their chest on the screen right. and not their head or their legs. Yeah. And you can, you know, and they'll, and they'll make a change somewhere else in their body. Other, even other than the primary control, they'll think, oh, you know, I something about my leg or I was noticing my foot. And they won't say it, but you say, wow, I can really see that. And then you ask them about it and then you say, well, yeah, I was kind of, thinking or trying to do something with my foot and I hadn't come back to my constructive thinking of the primary control and then you can remind them but you even catch those things and Marge would have been so fascinated by all of that I think yeah. uh, and it, it's it's it really is moving into a, a way of helping people help themselves very quickly and very clearly yeah absolutely well, let's end on that. Um, my uh, guest today has been Eileen Troberman, an Alexander Technique teacher in Encinitas, California. That's near San Diego. Uh, I'll be putting information about her by the interview. I'll also put some information on a site about the Alexander Technique in general. Eileen, thank you so much for this. You are so welcome, Robert. It's been my pleasure.